Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, Drew Scott here. And I'm Jonathan Scott reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Well, this international break has felt a bit boring, hasn't it? But don't worry. FPL is about to return via Game Week 9 starting with a Merseyside derby, ending with Spurs at home to Fulham, whilst Chelsea v Arsenal is somewhere in between. Hello, this is the FPL podcast from Fantasy Football Community. I am Mark Jobling, and with me is Lewis, a.k.a. FPL Reactions. Uh, We were both amongst the 675,000 managers that activated their wildcard in game week eight. Lewis, yours did not... Sorry to bring this up. Yours did not include more Salah's 15-point haul, but there was still a small green arrow, right? Yeah, yeah, no, there was. I think the it's annoying, isn't it? Because the week that um the week that Salah scores two goals is the week that I don't have him in or plan to. I mean, we, me and you have been discussing Salah for a few for several weeks on the on the podcast now, haven't we? And and how we always plan to bring him in, but I just felt that. That I would always, I would need a little bit of cash to use elsewhere, and, and having salad doesn't help with that. You know, I really liked Trippy's form, um, and how he was going. Obviously, he 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 did all right as well. But yeah, not having Salah was um, was an issue, especially because my captain also blanked. Yes, did you? Um, was that Sun? Was it or yeah, oh. yeah, a captain Sun. I really thought that the Luton game was a a good opportunity to to captain him. Um, I really did. And, you know, Luton, Luton haven't been great this season, have they? But I, I just think that, I also think that Spurs had a lot of opportunities in that game to to really punish them. And um, some of it was luck. I think some of it was bad luck with Son. And the red card, I don't think, helped either um, by pursuing it such a pointless red card wasn't it yeah. you know diving when you're on yellow um but yeah no the only return i got from that game was um the only returns actually was was madison and, and were Mad- madison and pedro porra but yeah it's, it's a shame shame myself big shame especially because of salah but I've, I've closed the gap on you a little bit um i think there's only maybe a point or two between us now because my card 
does have more Salah, sorry. Um, although in fairness, there was still a bit of bit of a shame there because I also captained Sun, so it could have been even better. So even though there was a bit of relief with Salah's 15 points, you know, it, it felt like that wild card was justified in that in that one move because it got rid of the Man United midfielders, brought in Salah. So immediately it's like, wow, okay, that 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 was a good start. And honestly, like in years gone by. It felt like every time a wild carded, it would always begin with a red arrow for some reason. And so for this one to get 56 points and go up from 1.9 million to 1.2 million, yeah, that's, that's, you take that as a solid start. And even now, two weeks later, through the international break, there wasn't any immediate regrets. Two weeks later, still no regrets. Still pretty pleased with it, really. Quite like the, layout of it and there's enough money to potentially move Madison to Saka for game week 10 um, but then again it might not that might not be the route taken uh, it's good to have Matt Turner keep a clean sheet I think that that sums up FPL mm-hmm. where, when you're sort of when it's Crystal Palace v Nottingham Forest and it's a nil-nil on a Saturday night and you're sort of constantly checking the live score <laughs> cheering yeah. on a cheering on a clean sheet that, that sums the game up doesn't it because that's <laughs> That's uh, you know, it matters more when there's something on it. So that that was useful. Uh, bringing in Neto, I think for me the big decision was either going Alvarez and Diaby or Watkins and Neto. And luckily, Watkins and Neto both grabbed an assist straight away. Mm-hmm. So that, that 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 even even if that might go badly from this week, whatever. At least it started off quite well. So so yeah, it was it was a decent start. Um. Okay, wrong captain. Okay, Gabriel's clean sheet was stuck on the bench. But um, yeah, it's um, after game weeks five and seven were genuinely the two worst, my two worst FPL game weeks of all time. It was it was nice to like finally start. Repairing. Well, I I obviously wildcarding without Salah. Um, which meant I had kind of the room to go with the likes of Darwin Nunes, um, who he picked up an assist. He probably should have picked up a bit more than that. And um, and Trippier also got the assist with, with bonus. He seems to be in um, like this kind of relentless form at the moment where he's, he's back to his best in terms of bonus and assist potential and stuff like that. So, I mean, although I didn't have Salah, I do I do like the look of my team going forward. I mean, not having Salah also meant having uh, being able to keep Bruno, um, who I mean, we all, we we know didn't do that well against Brentford, but um, again, you know, he has some good fixtures coming up as well. So, you know, not having Salah Salah really did backfire in in that in the first week of the wild card for me. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if it balances out over a period of time um, and, and, and if my kind of extra money can um, can kind of outbalance it in, in, in favour of me, to be honest. So we'll see. Yeah, and I, I, as you say, like, your, your wildcard has kept faith in Man United's Bruno Fernandes. Uh, it's sold Rashford though, right? Um... Yeah, yeah. I was a little bit worried about Rashford's minutes. Um, I think... I I also think having two was having two Manchester United assets was just too much considering the form. But of the two, I was slightly concerned that Rashford. I think he I think he was taken off 
before the 70th minute of both his last games, which is which is obviously an issue, especially mm. when you're close to what nine nine million. He's obviously dropped a couple of point point ones now, but yeah, they, ultimately, I thought you know Bruno, he's he's got 90 minutes. He's on penalties, and his, his day is actually pretty still still pretty good. So he just didn't do anything against Brentford. It is, yeah. Even even as a team, Manchester United rank fifth for goal attempts. And but then of course it's like the last few weeks when it's quite every week it's been um they're not in great form, but this is a good fixture. Then they blank. Oh well, but this next one's a good fixture, and then they blank. <laughs> and uh they've they've both blanked in six off the eight matches so far. But then it's Sheffield United next. So again, that feels like the one more week sort of policies. So I guess you've sort of gone in the middle middle grounds. Uh, some people will have just angrily got rid of them both. Uh, but at the same time, keeping both might be too much. So you've sort of decided to pick one of them for this great fixture. So it's it's kind of like a nice sort of middle ground. Because um, as you say, like Fernandez, his stats are still, you know, he's third for chances creators. He's Joined third for shots on target, his XGI is up there. His expected goal involvement, sorry, is is up there amongst the best. Mm. It's got to happen eventually. And to be fair, they've both um, scored uh, during the international break as well. It's yeah, good. they've both both done really well um, actually. And I mean, they probably also play for both play for teams that kind of you know, are in great scoring form and stuff and, and, and kind of near the top of the, well, the top of the, the qualifying groups. Well, I do feel with Bruno that he he is going to come good. Um, but I, I, I do feel that for me personally, he's 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 got one more chance and against Sheffield United because I'm not too sure if we're going to cover this soon or if I can cover kind of a little bit of it now. But they do have some good fixtures coming up, right? Well, yeah, we can we can sort of cover it now because, you know, is is the plan to move Saka uh, Fernandez on to someone like Saka or one of the other good fixture shifts, or is the plan to stick with the good fixtures? Because I think game week ten isn't so much; it's it's the Manchester derby. But after that, it sort of returns back to a nice little set of games, doesn't it? Fulham, yeah, moving. exactly. Yeah, I think I think this 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 kind of. But you could do you could do a couple of things with with Bruno, right? You could you could keep him for Sheffield United. You know, statistically they are they have they have got the worst defense in the league. They're conceding a lot of chances as well, which which is you know something we look at as 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 fantasy managers to target with assets. So United do have Sheffield United next, which is a, the perfect opportunity for for Bruno to actually come good. Now the issue is even if he does. Is he a move on? Because I suppose this goes for everyone, you know, for, for every manager out there with, with Bruno that doesn't have Saka, is how do you bring Saka in, right? And Bruno seems like an easy move up to Saka. Um, I think Saka dropped in price again last night, didn't he? Finally, yeah. <laughs> I'm very surprised it happened midweek because. Like right now, you'd expect there to be virtually no transfers, but uh, after being on the verge for a few days, he did drop to eight five. Yeah, so I mean, he, you know, he's he's only point point one cheaper than Bruno now, and, and obviously, 
you have got the the likes of the Tottenham assets coming up as well. You know, is well, there's a lot of questions in, in the community at the moment about whether owning both Madison and Son is ideal long term. Probably isn't, but you know, they could be. They could also be a sacrifice for Saka. But Saka also has Sheffield United um, next week after Chelsea. So I think even if Bruno does well, you know. It, you you can't really go without Saka against Sheffield United, right? So I think if there's no other option to, if, if there's especially for me, if there's no other option to, no other route to bring Saka in other than selling Bruno, I think I'd probably have to sell Bruno. Um, it is quite annoying though because they do have good fixtures, don't they? So it's like a tough skill for like an FPL manager. It's, it's something I've never been able to do. Like the ability to like own a player who has just done well and still have the mental strength to sub them out because like, let's say the plan is to sell Bruno, but he holds against Sheffield United. It would be so easy to just say, well, he's back. Let's, let's not sell him. But some people, possibly the the best managers find a way to sort of compartmentalize that and say, well, yes, he was very good. Thank you for the haul, but also it's time to move on sort of thing. And I don't know. I just struggle with that a bit. It is difficult because after Manchester City, United go again, go go away to Fulham, and then they play Luton, and then they play Everton. So mm. they've got three really, really good fixtures. But I mean, you, you're not you're not you're not expecting a lot from the Manchester City game either, right? So I mean, the, the chances are if if you're if you're comparing Saka to Bruno over the next you know four to five game weeks, and Saka's probably going to outscore him isn't he so I think long term I think it is a good move to move Bruno on and also without wanting to sort of be contrarian like the, the way FPL goes is and the way Man City have been recently like two defeats in a row um, the defence always finds a way to concede like Fernandez, that could be his haul Man City because that's the way FPL seems to work Um, but yeah, yeah it's uh I wouldn't feel too confident proclaiming that beforehand, but you totally could. So if, if you own both of them, like if you were a manager who hasn't wildcarded yet, owns both of them, would you would you actively transfer one like Rashford out this week? Mm, I don't think I'd, I'd no, I don't think I'd sell any uh, like, managers outside of Sheffield United this week. Even if you don't have a Spurs midfielder, maybe like still not. It's a tough one. Yeah, it is. It is a really tough one. I, I, Sheffield United are so bad, aren't they? They are so so bad. Um, and Fulham, obviously, they're they're improving. So we kind of, I'm not too sure what to expect in terms of the Spurs and Fulham game. You'd still, you'd still expect some um, Tottenham players to return, right? But I just look at Sheffield United and think they, you know, they they look terrible at the moment, don't they? And it's been yeah. If, if if they promoted three, it's it's them, isn't it? So far, um, I mean, all three of them have sort of had a, a sort of rooted down at the bottom. But Sheffield United yeah. have conceded at least two in every game except the first one. And yeah, underlying stats that are by far the worst defense in basically every area. Shots on target, expected goals, like big chances as well. It's not looking good so far for them. And yeah, that's sort of, it's uh, 
it's a tough one for those who are about to wildcard this week. For those who are wildcarding in game week nine, it is sort of like, well, do you do you have do you keep players in your wildcard specifically for one game week? You, or you know, do you wanna mm. enter it with pre pre planned transfers? But uh, it, it could totally work because you know, eventually those underlying stats are going to explode. Even Rashford, like he he's second for shots amongst all players. And he's second for shots inside the box as well. You know, he's um he's probably been even more frustrating than Fernandez. But um in both cases that the underlying stats are sort of ready to burst. Yeah, I think I think we I think a lot of us expect Man United to improve, don't we? You know, it, it it's bound to happen eventually. They're gonna start scoring goals and gonna start winning games, I think, personally. And they've they've got fixtures I had to do that so for me Rashford may be a long-term sell because obviously the, again he's been coming off early his, his form for United hasn't been great his, I don't think his numbers his stats have been fantastic either other than the fact that he's had you know quite a lot of shots in the box so I think of the two I'd probably sell Rashford um, but I would probably keep him for this week against Sheffield United and then I mean if they don't perform this week, then they're they're, they're definitely a sell, right? That's oh yeah, yeah yeah. If if it happens one more time, then you can yeah you can use the Man City game as an excuse and sort of ignore those other fixtures afterwards. Yeah, um, one of the bigger decisions this week is that there genuinely is a tough captaincy choice to make. Like for so many for so long now, it's been Haaland by default, but sort of the combination of Haaland being a bit off form and sort of Salah and Son, like the th- those three, Salah, Son, Haaland, the three of the highest scoring four so far, and all three of them have really attractive home fixture this week. So it's, it's, I know you only have two of the three, but, um, it's sort of a, a classic FPL. It's, it's, it's like the old days, like with captaincy, like there's genuinely like thought and strategy to be made here. Um, do you have any sort of initial sort of uh, gut feeling between Haaland, Salah and Son? So in terms of Son, um, I captained him last week and um, he didn't do he didn't do much at all. Um, I've looked at the Fulham game and I think Son could return in that game, but I, I'm not too sure he's going to go. He's going to he's going to go full throttle. Like I also kind of concerned that he's still carrying an injury. Now, I know he said he was fine and stuff in the media, but you just never know. You know, you don't know what to expect, you know, in terms of his minutes, you know, if he's going to come off at half time. So, I mean, when you're captaining someone, you you need minutes, right? You need assurance of minutes. And I'm not too sure Sonny is offering that at the moment. Yeah, his minutes, his minutes have been very managed. And he was also, like, he was limping for South Korea sort of yesterday or the day before. But then... He has this habit of like limping, but still staying on and possibly scoring. So it, it's so hard to, to sort of judge the injury, isn't it? Yeah. But it's sort of like the he let down a lot of people against Luton. So you know it's an easy re- reason to not go for him. But at the same time, like if 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 Tottenham versus Fulham, if if it's a tight game, Sun probably stays on longer. But it's a game with not many goals, and if but if Spurs race into an early sort of 3-0 lead or something, that's also 
maybe not great because he's going to get taken off early. Uh, yeah, but... exactly. Yeah, I think because a lot of people are going to own Madison and Son, aren't they? So I, I also think that being heavy, heavily reliant on one particular game as well, and and then you kind of you have the the two assets you have Madison and Son, and then you add in captaincy, your whole week is then you know very heavily reliant upon how Spurs perform, which again could be an issue like it was for me last week. Of course, Salah it didn't help, but you know, in in general, I I just think I was expecting more than one return between Son and Madison for that looting game. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just the heavy reliance on him as well that's kind of put me off. Now, I imagine the the main captaincy debate will be will be between Haaland and Salah, right? Well, yes, probably. Um, that seems to be like if if you, if you had if you had all three, would, would you be tempted to go Salah over Haaland? I'm not too sure, um, and I'm not too sure because not not just because I don't own him, but I look at the I look at the game. It's an early game, right? Early kickoff. That's it. It's, it's the golden rule: never back early kickoff. So, so, which Sun proved. Sun yeah. Sun just proved that never back early kickoff. I, I know, I, and I mean, I know it's kind of this stupid thing, you know, or never back an early kickoff. Um, it just seems to happen a lot, right? <laughs> you know, it's you captain. Yeah, it just seems to happen unusually um, regularly. So it's not just that, though. It's just the fact that I think that the Evan aren't as bad as people think defensively. Um, you know, in, in in terms of the data, it's not horrific. You know, it, they're not they're not kind of shipping loads and loads of goals all the time. And I, I just feel like with the with the derby, you just don't know kind of Merseyside derby. You don't know what to expect. Whereas with Brighton, um, it's not been good, has it, defensively? You know, I, I don't think they've kept a clean sheet so far. No. Uh, they're conceding a lot. Yes, actually, I think that expect goals conceded has improved a little bit. But I, I just think they've been so bad defensively this you know, this season. Um, if you're looking um, at targeting a fixture or targeting a defence, I think Brighton, the Brighton fixture's um, too good. So for me... It will, but you know, Harlan Cuppins, he does stand out. Okay, he's been out of form. It was good that he he um, he picked up a couple of goals for his country in the break as well, for his confidence, of course. But yeah, I just feel like, you know, he's on pants, playing for the best team in the league. Okay, they're not Manchester City aren't in great form. But I mean, how long do we expect them to be kind of in that sort of form for? I don't expect it to be long, so... I think this is a good a good game for Haaland. It's a good game for him to get back amongst the goals and, and ultimately um, pick up a decent return for captaincy. Yeah, over on over on Fantasy Football Scout, there was a we did a piece on on Haaland because one of the questions, even heading into game week eight, like before the international break, there was already sort of noise about people selling Haaland, going without him, um, and some some fairly high profile managers have. Have gone without him, um, and he's he's now on one goal in five for Man City all competitions. It's quiet in the Wolves Arsenal defeat, but at the same time, like unless you have a like, if you're going to go Alvarez over Haaland, unless you have great plans for that spare seven million, like it's just going to be still feel like it's very difficult to justify. Because in that article, we sort of looked at some of his underlying stats, compared them to last season. He's still number one. In most areas, yeah, his per ninety stats compare very well to last season. You know, 
it's about 50-50 split. Uh, he has only twice exceeded six points in fairness, which which is not what you want from a 14 million pound player. But you know, it's it's about looking forward and not and not dwelling on the past too long as well. As you say, like Brighton, that 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 defense, as good as they are going forward, it is a leaky looking defense. They've conceded the fourth most. Um, and yeah, it's like if you've stuck with Haaland through the bad times, then and you sort of deserve the haul when it comes. And hey, maybe this time, with, with the Bina debate here, maybe there'll be some actual decent rank gain if if he hauls, you know, if, if there was yeah, a I mean, split. There's been quite cap- a few people that sold him, right? So Yeah, a decent number of sold him and an even decent, more decent number is going to put the captain's armband elsewhere. So if Haaland, you know, so many times he's, he's returned like, 15, 20 points, and it's basically meant nothing because everyone has. But if you did that this time, there might be an actual sizable impact to that. So that'll be a, a new feeling if it happens. And uh, the only devil's advocate thing I would say there is that Salah is sort of, he is number one for big chances created. Mm. He's, he's only blanked once. He's up there for, for joint shot, for shots on target as well. He's only behind Haaland for XGI, so he is. I know if if people ignore that early kickoff thing, you know, it, he is really like being talismanic for Liverpool at the moment. And uh, but as you say, Everton's defense is surprisingly okay. Is it? Is it sort of? Is it cool to sort of say Everton are okay now or not? Are we? I think. Do you know what I think? It. I think Everton are very lucky that. Um... They've got Luton, Sheffield United, and Burnley in the same league uh, this this season because I think things could be a lot worse. Um, Absolutely, Absolutely. but I, I I just look again. I think Salah's a really good option, a captaincy option. I think he's a good option going forward. I think he's a great captaincy option as well. Um, but for me personally, I could only I only I could only fit one of them in. I because I want that flexibility long term to kind of. You know, make quick upgrades if you know if players pick up form, especially like mid-priced or higher. And I just think you know, long term, you don't need both. I would say you don't need both. Um, some people will probably stick with both, but I, I just think that I was going to sell one, and I think um, Salah was was the one um, to get rid of. But again, he could be. He's going to be a good option every week, isn't he? He's consistent. His numbers are good. Liverpool seems to be playing really well um, this season and they've got good fixtures as well. So I think, you know, both are great, great currency options this week. That's it. Yeah, he, he, he's he been brilliant so far and now is the fixture swing. So it's it's sort of hard to resist Salah a bit. But then again, you know, at the, at the start of the season when, when a lot of us were sort of actively saying we're not starting with Salah, feel like it's better to spread that money Across the five-man midfield, because there's so many good midfield options. I mean, that that is kind of still the case. There are still lots of good midfield options. That hasn't really changed, especially when the likes of like Bowen and Diaby are about to enter a good run from game week yeah. ten. So you could genuinely, from game week ten, have a very good-looking five-man midfield that doesn't have Salah. So th- that theory, that logic, sort of is still correct, but you know. If the money has become available elsewhere, 
I think managers are still maybe getting on Salah just in case for the, for the safety of it. It's kind of like having a warm sort of blanket of, of owning Salah. But yeah, like what you're doing is... is... Personally, like it kind of... So just again, just going kind of back to the fact that it kind of limited me in certain areas. Trippier was a big factor for me. Um, I mean, if you look at Trippier's data, it's great. It's back to being the best amongst all defenders. Um, his, I think he's top bonus amongst all defenders again or close to so he's getting back to that kind of you know that regularly consistent form where he was picking up constant returns from last season and I just think that you know while he's going while he's got some good fixtures okay long term they're probably not amazing you know he's got likes of Chelsea United had but again are they that good at the moment so while he's in that, you know, that rich vein of form, including him as well as, you know, being able to have the likes of Darwin, and like you've already mentioned, Bowen and and, and maybe a Saka or Bruno. I just, I just feel that, yeah, it could, it could work out long term, but we'll see, we'll see. One of the more interesting stats I sort of noticed, um, I guess it's biased because of the the Newcastle part of it, but Newcastle have Crystal Palace next. And they played each other three times last season, twice in the league, once in the cup. All three of them were nil nil. Yeah, it was Palace penalties are... that took us through in the cup. Crystal Palace are struggling, aren't they, at the moment? Um, I think they're, I think their expected goals has gone down quite a lot. I don't think they're producing. I don't think they're. I don't think they're actually producing. Um, Good data anymore in terms of offensive stats, and I think they've lost a couple of key players as well. Haven't they, haven't they lost Eze and Edouard as well? Going forward, yeah, well, Eze. I think Edouard's just come back to replace Eze, um, and that that's going to be a big loss for him. And Elise is still, still uh, working his way back. So yeah, like going forward, I guess it's 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 how you interpret it. Newcastle could be quite confident of a clean sheet in that match, but at the same time, Palace also have a strong defence. They run four clean sheets. So um, it's uh, a nil-nil this time also should not be ruled out because they're both, they're both solid, really. Mm, 100%. I, I just think that obviously the way that Trippi is going with bonus as well is that it could be an easy nine-pointer for him, couldn't it? Um, the, the Crystal Palace game coming up. Yeah, that's it. Even, even if he doesn't provide a cross for a goal this time, he, he's a He's a bonus magnet, isn't he? Yeah. So that's going to be... So basically, the conclusion is, if you have two Newcastle defenders and a Palace, maybe play all of them? <laughs> yeah, I think I would. I probably would, to be honest. Um, yeah, I think, to be honest, I've actually got two two Newcastle defenders in and Burn as well. So I've got Burn and Trippier. Um, and that's that's going to be an interesting debate as to who to start. Completely, completely. So like, what's... Um, I guess moving on to our... Game week plans. Are you rolling your transfer or not? Or have you already got a plan yeah. for it? Yeah, complete. Uh, yeah, rolling the transfer this week. The, t- the team looks um, the team looks really good um, for game week for game week nine. To be honest, a turner in goal against Luton. Um, I'm like, like I'm not going to expect anything from from Turner there because uh, we know what happens. Although I think he did pick up his first clean sheet, didn't he, in the last game week? So, there was. Yeah. Well, so, so I think a lot of us had him on the bench when he kept one at Chelsea, so it sort of did feel like it. It did feel like this was the first time 
like ah oh, right yeah the Turner cleans like the, the first time this like like Jordan Pickford owners you know finally got their clean sheet last week uh, yeah. that's why that's why when we're saying oh Everton's defensive stats aren't too bad it's like yeah tell that to Pickford owners <laughs> yeah hundred percent yeah so at the back um I'm starting at the moment with Cash who's got West Ham Trippier Palace Porro has got Fulham. Midfield, it's Madison, Bruno, uh, Bowen and Son. And up front, Watkins, Darwin and Haaland. Now, Darwin could become a little bit of an issue for me this week. Um, yes, that was one of the yeah. questions that came in, actually. It was asking about Darwin and uh, Luis Diaz, both on South American duty. Um, we saw what happened last time when they immediately came back. So uh, how concerned are you that... That they might not start against Everton. Well, really concerned because I think they obviously they both played in South America. Um, I think a lot of a lot of um, kind of Liverpool predictors are, suge- are suggesting that Jota and Salah will definitely start, and then it's a case of who starts out of Darwin or or um, Jack Lewis Gakpo is he sort of has a slight knock Gakpo as well, so that that could be the way in for one of them. But yeah. if Gakpo's fit again, it could be neither of neither of the South Americans. Well, yeah, I mean exactly. I mean the the thing is that Darwin Darwin was actually I think he created two goals for Uruguay last night, and I think they beat Brazil. Yeah. So I mean he's got the form. He picked up an assist in in his last in his last match. So I just I just think that if if he I suppose that's the issue, isn't it? Is minutes because if he played ninety minutes every game, a lot of people. Maybe sacrifice Salah and just pick Darwin. Um, I just think if he if he starts a game, he he can easily match Salah. Well, I say that, and he didn't last match, did he? <laughs> you know, he only picked up assist, and, and, and Salah got two goals. But I just think you know, overall team balance um, compared to Salah would would be better if, especially if Darwin was playing. But yeah, no, I am concerned about Darwin. Um, moving forward, but I, I, I guess we'll just see, you know, I have to start him. He plays Fulham. Eventually, if he becomes an issue, I'll probably have to replace him, take some money out of him and put it back into midfield. But hopefully he starts. I, I think if he does start, he's got a good good chance of um, doing well. Uh, that's it. If, if there was ever a scenario where Darwin was locked in for, for starts for a while, I think he'd, he'd be in everybody's team within days because he is just so like it's the same as last season he's explosive and his stats are pretty good like the compare like he's, he's had more big chances than Salah has but he's like not played many minutes like he's so explosive but 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 he has to actually be on the pitch it's yeah yeah it's, oh, it's like if, if the team news comes out and says Darwin starts basically I think you could feel very very optimistic yeah, yeah, 100%. I, I mean, slight, again, slightly... Obviously, I'm going to go into every every game week, you know, hiding behind the sofa a little bit because of Salah. But I do think if Darwin is starting, you know, with Salah, you know, it, it makes me feel a lot more comfortable and, and, and makes, me, makes me believe, you know, oh, if he could outscore Salah, then I've got kind of all these other players that people don't have. Um, upgrades, you know, around the rest of the squad that that could um, that could you know really propel me. But yeah, Darwin is a big factor in um, in not having Salah and um, one of one of the few. 
players that I could add um, without Salah in my squad. So fingers crossed, um, Darwin starts. But yeah, it could be it could be either one of. I, I do feel either Darwin or uh, Diaz will play. Um, I do think Darwin will feature either way. So you know, there's 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 still potential there if he does feature. But you know, long term, you don't you don't really want that, do you? And I, I suppose I did I did think about this when I put my wild card together. You know, I'm usually quite conservative. I don't conservative. I don't take big risks. But I did feel like with the fixtures, I felt like I needed some Liverpool coverage. You know, because Liverpool are you know they're scoring a lot of goals at the moment, and I think their expected goals um, has gone up as well. A lot of kind of those key attacking data points have also um, gone up as well. So having a some part of the Liverpool attack was kind of felt essential. Um, so that's part of the reason why Darwin has made the squad. And fingers crossed it pays off, you know. Yeah, fingers crossed. It's 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 a it's a nice way to be different, I think. Um it could totally pay off in the short term. I know for me, um yeah, we're gonna roll the transfer unless unless we get some last minute sort of news on on something. Uh, we're gonna roll the transfer, give the armband to Haaland um, and yeah, it's going to be Salas, Salah at home to Everton, Son and Madison at home to Fulham. I quite like having Pedro Neto away to Bournemouth. I think that was that was kind of what was had in mind last week. Like the fact that he assisted against Aston Villa was a, was a, a huge bonus, really, because it was this fixture coming up, and a couple of I think every other week. Like the alternate weeks, they've got a very nice fixture coming up. So, yeah, yeah. um, if he can if he can add to last week's assist by doing something against Bournemouth, then I can chalk that one up as a good decision. And yeah, just you know, burn instead of Trippier. I mean, going about Trippier is still the one that is probably in terms of ownership of like overall ownership. That's the one that might hurt, but at least there's some sort of Newcastle coverage there. And also, when when you support that team. You can never truly be upset when Trippier does something. Like if Trippier scores or crosses, it's like, oh, that sucks for FPL, but like great, because <laughs> great because <laughs> he plays. But uh, I used to like always avoid having Newcastle players for that reason because I wanted to sort of spread the wanted wanted to go into the weekend cheering on as many players as possible. Um, but then last season Newcastle became good, and that sort of messed messed that up a bit. Um. Yeah, Turner and goal, stuff like that. So yeah, hopefully it's uh you know, the fixtures look nice for this week. So let's let's hope it turns out that way. Do you um have you picked out a, a differential this week? Because we um you know, players under ten percent ownership. Last time, uh, two weeks ago, a few weeks ago, you picked Jared Bowen and yeah. he did score nine points. I chose Gordon, who only got five of an assist. So you're basically one nil up here. <laughs> well, we both uh, we both picked Britain. So I'm. Um, I mean, there's always a chance we're gonna pick the same differential here, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, I've got a couple of names just in case. Okay, no. well, so Wolves. I'm just gonna head to Wolves um, and look at one of their players this week because. I think Wolves are actually so we look at last we look at last season and we you'll see that Wolves were joint worst for goals scored. Um you know, they were really struggling to um score goals. They were creating a lot. Yeah, just couldn't find the net, could they? And 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 this season 
looks like uh, looks like they've kind of turned that around because other than Manchester United in game week one, I think they've scored in every single game that they've played. It's not just that though; it's it's kind of the the attacking performances that they've put against some of these teams. You know, the likes of Villa. You know, they drew last match. They beat Manchester City two one. So the the goals are there for Wolves at the moment, and I just feel like. The, the fixture against Bournemouth is just too hard to ignore, right? You've got now and Bournemouth. Uh, I think Bournemouth were one of the worst defenders in the league last season in terms of you know shots in the box conceded, big chances conceded, total attempts conceded. And if you have a look at the stats, if you know whether you're listening or whether it's you, Mark, if you take a look at the stats now, Bournemouth are actually getting gradually more and more worse um, in terms of underlying defensive data. And it won't be long before they are rock bottom of all of them for me. So for that reason, I've I've gone for Huang Kichan, um, midfielder. Is he? He's not the same one that you've picked, right? Or no, I've, I've got Neto, but I had the same debate at the time because I was thinking Huang. He's he's getting the goal. He's on five goals. He's totally under the radar. Well, this week it's cool to sort of mention him, but until until uh. You know, even when he had four goals, he, he was totally anonymous in the FPL community. I think it's because his minutes were a bit... He's he's rarely played more than an hour, but the goals are the goals speak for themselves, don't they? Yeah, and I think with Wolves, I think if you look at how many goals they are scoring, it's not a lot, but it's regularly. So, you know, it's one against Villa, two against City, one against, one against Luton, one against Liverpool. So although they're not scoring a lot of goals, it's the same people involved in those goals. And you've, you've of course, mentioned um, Pedro Neto, who is one of those players who are regularly involved. But also, so is Hwangi Chan, midfielder, 5.4 million. He's only on 1% of, of the game. So in the last, well, since the start of the season, he's picked up returns in all but three of his matches, I think four returns in his last five games and obviously got the double digit um, double digits against Villa in the last match. I just think you know, Wolves are one of those, Wolves are one of those uh, teams this week where I think I, I just wish I had one of their players against Bournemouth. Uh, maybe not long term, but yeah, definitely definitely think Huang Hee-Chan could do really well this week. It's because um, Bournemouth, it's the Gary O'Neill derby, isn't it really? Um, because yeah. I just suddenly remembered that that's his He's going back to Bournemouth. You know, when they made the decision over the summer, Bournemouth to let him go and bring in promising young Spanish coach Iriola. Um, it it hasn't really worked so far. I, I was kind of optimistic. I was kind of thinking, yeah, that was a brave and possibly good decision. But uh, like Everton, they might be saved by the three promoted sides. But um, eventually, they're going to have to do some of it themselves. And um, it, it's it's been a really tough start to the campaign for, for Bournemouth and and for the new manager and yeah it's it's uh it's a good fixture for Wolves that one hmm. so you've gone for Huang I think I'm going to go for Diego Jota just because I know we sort of already touched on the yeah. international minute thing with Diaz and Darren Darren but uh yeah I just feel like in in the time before like until things got really bad, um, the plan for me was to wildcard in game week ten, and it was always thinking, "Hey, game week nine, one week punt, 
Liverpool are the first match, so there could be a pre-deadline team leak. Deadline's at 11am Saturday, UK time. I was thinking, hey, well, be prepared to have an alternate cover Salah somewhere else. You know, if there's a team leak, say that Jota's going to start him. Is Darwin going to start him? Um, uh, But yeah, because of the arriving back from international duty thing and there's kind of a pattern there with with Klopp in the past um yeah I think I think Jota might get the nod up front um and then in that case yeah he's got he's got like whole potential against Everton so I think I might go for Jota as my pick good pick yeah I mean he's likely to start isn't he you'd think he he he's nailed to start so yeah, I do think that it'd be interesting to see who comes out on top this week. Wangi Chan or Yotta. Completely. Um, so I'll make a note of that, so you reckon equalize or maybe establish a 2-0 lead. One of the other questions we got from the community, and we already touched on on one of them earlier. Um, it, it does stick with Liverpool actually. With um Andrew Robertson injuring his shoulder for Scotland. I don't think we've had word yet on on if it's weeks or months, but does does that mean that Simicass four point four million is nailed for Liverpool? I'm not too sure it does. I mean you would think and a lot of people um a lot of people probably would think that Simicass just, you know, he goes straight into Robertson's position. But there are some that think that Joe Gomez could be used. Um I'm not too sure how likely that is, um, but it's not it's not ideal, is it for for Simicast But I, I mean, I mean, he's what four point four million. He's cheap. I suppose you could take the risk. I mean, it would be a case of who you're taking out of your defence, I suppose, because a lot of people have got the likes of Porro, uh, Newcastle defenders, and Cash. So, I mean, would I play Simicast ahead of any of those? Probably not. Which leads me to think, you know would I even bring him in uh, because eventually Robertson's going to come back and you could have, had, you could have ended up not playing Simicast at all, you know? That's it. Yeah. If it, the fixtures are generally quite good this week. So if, 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 if he's not going to start this week for you and your team, like if, if, um, if you were game week nine wild carder and find out that Simicast starts against Everton, like maybe in your wild card, put him in there. But at the same time, as you say, is he gonna? Is he even good enough to start this week? If not, looking forward, not then either. So, yeah, it's um, it's not as straightforward as saying Robertson out, Simicast in. Yeah, exactly. And you know, you you've got cheap, you've got cheap assets elsewhere. You know, who are, who are good for me? It's obviously Burn. I think he's gone up in price, but it's not too far off the cost of Simicast. You know, and and Newcastle. The numbers are getting really good again, aren't they? Defensively, you know, is it five clean sheets in seven um, in the last in, in the last seven matches in all competitions? So, I think that's really good, isn't it? Five clean sheets, you know, considering he played likes of Dortmund as well. Uh, but yeah, the fixtures are easing for Newcastle uh, after a rough rough starting schedule. So I just think, you know, if instead of Simicash, you probably just settle for a for a Newcastle defender, right? Yeah, the, the the international break came at the right time for Newcastle. Um, because even though the form has been good, um, it would definitely take that draw at West Ham as well. I know, sort of, 
conceded a late equaliser, but we'd still we'll still be overall pleased with that draw because you know the schedule has been getting busy. The injuries have started to mount a bit. So that international break hopefully just allows a bit of rest. Because we don't have that many internationals in the squad still. Um so you know maybe Joel Linton and Willick are close to coming back, which would be needed now that Tenali uh well <laughs> Rumours keep changing every hour with him, but gut feeling says that's going to be bad. So, uh, yeah, I think a well-rested Newcastle entering game week nine could be could be good to go. Well, that's a good place to wrap things up, I think. Um, it's been a pleasure to have you on this pod, Lewis. Thanks for your expertise. And please make sure to check out FF Community's website, which embraces everything about the world of fantasy football including games for the Premier League, Champions League, MLS, and several European competitions. Give us a follow on Twitter at FFCommunity underscore, uh, or X, whatever. whatever you, I still call it Twitter just out of solidarity, but I guess technically it's X. Um, and we hope that you join us next time. Thanks for listening. Sports Social Podcast Network.